Okay, today's shir, we'll, let's get into discussing Parshas Noach. Parshas Noach, again, every one of these uh, Parshas, as I mentioned last week, is uh, there's just so much to say and so much material, uh, but we'll pick and choose, and Beth Hashem, every, uh, every week we'll, we'll do our share and, and keep going and be to do as much as we can, uh, delving into HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, uh, gift to us, Parshas Noach. I'd like to start off first with the Medrash, which is really at the end of last week's Parsha. That's where it appears in the Torah Shlema, of Kasher's uh, magnum opus of putting together all the Midrashim. So he quotes a Medrash related to Noach. At the end of last week's Parsha, Noach is born to his father Lamech. This one Noach, when he was a little baby, they already knew he was going to bring comfort. From our action, he's going to give us Nechama. How they know? How they know he was going to be such a great guy? Right, so some say, you know, like like many of Joshua say, oh, he was Noah and Mahol, like those uh, various people in uh, in uh, Tanakh. Right here, there's, there's uh, chairs right here, right here. Feel free, right here. Plenty of plenty of room. Uh, Noah and Mahol, okay. But there's a different medrash. The medrash says, fascinating. Source number one: Zeyinachamenu, Kol Hanoladim Kodem Noach, Hayu Yedehem Adukos Shlemos. Before Noach was born, everybody before him were bo- was born with a mitten hand. They did not have separated digits. Their fingers were like a mitten. They were, they were stuck together. What did they need fingers for? They just needed a hand. They didn't have to work the ground. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu created Adam, no, it, was, it, was, it was like a mitten. It wasn't a hand. V'noach nolad emchitoch and Noach was born with separated digits. Oh, they saw that. He's going to invent tools. He's going to be the one that's going to help us with our land, that's going to be able to dig and, and plow and plant. Look, he's got fingers. They didn't have fingers before then. They only had mitten hands. That's how we knew. Interesting measures to discuss relates to the evolution uh, discussions. But here the Medrash is acknowledging that pre-Noach, man was a little different. A little different in the, in the hand area. And then by Noach they knew, Zei Yenachameinu. Okay, just um, a Medrash to mention. Oh, so Obed Adama. He was an Obed Adama, but did he really accomplish much? Right? He, didn't, uh, he wasn't so successful. Wasn't so successful. Mm-hmm. Feel free to come mm-hmm. on in. There's one more chair over there. For anybody, uh, and then uh, bring more in. Um, okay. Beginning of the Torah, as we have it now, Parshas Breshas, Parshas Noach, mankind does not really start off on the right foot. If we look at these Parshios, we would expect the world to get off with a bang, to start off with Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov. No, let's, uh, let's get into the Torah. And yet if we analyze it, if we think about it, there are a lot of chataim in these Parshios. A lot of sins. A lot of tshuva. Imagine, where's Shuvah learned from? The first Parsha in the Torah. We already have to talk about Shuvah, we already fell. So last week we spoke a little bit about uh, Adam and Adam and Chava. But if you think about it, over and over again, last week's Parsha, you have Adam and Chava, we have the Chet of the Eitz then we have this week's Parsha, we have the Chet of the Mabel, and continuing, we have the Chet of, of Migdal Bavel, and we also, the end of last week's Parsha, the middle of last week's Parsha, we have Kain and Hevel. That's a lot of chatoim to be packed into the first two parshas of the Torah. So what exactly is uh, we supposed to... And HaKadosh Baruch Hu told us this is what's in the Torah. So what, do, what are we supposed to learn from all of these sins that, that this Torah starts off with? 
And even just to to um, emphasize the question, last week we spoke about the first Rashi in Chumash, but we didn't really speak about what Rashi said. We spoke about who said it. We spoke about Rabbi Yitzchak. Who was the Rabbi Yitzchak? Rashi's father. Somebody in the shul this week pointed out to me that if there is a Medrash that has an armor of Rabbi Yitzchak, not just the, the content. Either way, the Taz said that it was Rashi's father. But what, what, what the first Rashi say? Rashi said that really the Torah should have started off with Perak Yud Beis and Shmos, HaChodesh HaZelachem, the first mitzvah given to the Jews as a nation. Because after all, what's the Torah about? The Torah is about teaching us. Torah. Torah is about Moreh, the teaching. So the Torah should have start, started off with the first mitzvah that was given to the Jewish people. And yet it wasn't. The Torah starts off with Bracious. Why? So Rashi explains, Bashem the Medrash, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to make sure that everybody knows Eretz Yisrael really belongs to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the Jews didn't steal the land from anybody, even though they went in and kicked out the seven nations. Really, it was God's plan the entire time. Bracious Baruch He created the land. He gave it to these nations for a certain amount of time. But now he wanted to give it to the Jewish people. So nobody should say, List them at them. That was the first Rashi. But some of the later commentaries on Rashi ask that Rashi explains why we have Parshas Bracious. Right? Because Koch Masa Begiliamo, so we should know that who Eretz Yisrael. What about Noach, Lech Lechav, Yerech, Yisrael? What about the rest of Sefer, Sefer Bracious? And what about the beginning of Sefer, beginning of, uh, of Sefer Shmos? Rashi only explains the first two Prakim. So the Nesiva Shalom adds, in source number two now, gives us an insight into the whole story of the first two Parshios and into the story of the, of the Chataim. Of the sins. Says the Slana Marevi, source number two. We had to see the depths of darkness, says the Nasiva Shalom, before we had the light and the shining example of the Avos. The Avos came to teach us and they represented a fixing a tikkun of prior mistakes, mistakes that are possible in each and every one of our lives. And he doesn't say it, but what he means is the whole Sefer Bracious is Derech Eretz, Kadma La Torah. HaKodesh HaZalachem is Torah. That's where mitzvot start. That's where the 613 starts, really, for a nation. But the whole Sefer Bracious is Derech Eretz. Derech Eretz, Kadma La Torah. In what way? There were three Averos. Let's continue. Says the Nesiva Shalom, line four. V'abir b'zeh, ki kein yasad ha-Kadosh Baruch Hu has called seder ha-bria ba'ofan shel chashocha v'hadun ha-hora. All of creation is darkness and then light. Like we said last week. V'ayhi erev, v'ayhi voker. That's how the Jewish people run. M'kodem ha-choshech v'yachach v'toch ha-choshech bokeh ha-or. We have the darkness and then we have the light. Skip two lines. That's what the Avo symbolized. She'olam ha-tikun hischil me'avrim avinu. What do you mean it's, it's fixed? So let's skip a little bit. Says the Neshiva Shalom, we know the Mishnah says in Perkei Avos, Hakina v'hataiva v'hakavod motzin esa'adam in ha'olam. The three root evil traits, the root of all sin, kina, taiva, and kavod. Kina, jealousy, taiva, desire, kavod, the yearning for a position, the yearning for kavod, I should have kavod, kina, taiva, kavod. Those three drive each one of us out of the world. Says the Nesiva Shalom, these three chataim at the beginning of the Torah each symbolize kina, taiva, and kavod. That's the beginning of the darkness. That's the root of darkness. How so? Let's not talk about the story of Adam and Chava and the Nachash. That's in its own category and that's 
not to focus on. But what are the next three? Kain and Hevel, the Dora Mabul, and then the Dor HaFlaga. Those three. Says the Nesiva Shalom. Next paragraph. The Inyan Gimel Chatam Eiluhu Kamosha Amar Chazal Hakinav Hatayvav Hakavon Mosina Saadam Ena Olam. These three take a person out of the world. Shegimel Pagamim Eiluhim Hapagamim Hagruim Biyoter. The worst three traits. Shein Haolam Yacholis Bolotam. The world cannot hold and accept people who have these traits. The Hemotzina Saadam Ena Olam, and they take a person out. It drives a person mad. The first is kinna jealousy. That's Kayan. It's Kayan. Right? Kinna. What happened? I brought a carbon, he brought a carbon. So Hashem was happy with his carbon. What did that what did he do right? Right? So Hashem what was the big deal? Hashem didn't didn't do anything to Kayan. He just gave somebody somebody else got more. Right? It's like two kids. Somebody else got double. They don't care what they got. They just care that the other kid has a better has a better. Right? Because that's jealousy. That's kinna. Kinnah means I'm never happy with what I have. Ezehu Ashir Right? Somebody who's Makani never has, never has enough. That's Kayin. The first act of murder that occurred in history was because of Kinnah, because of jealousy. That was the root sin of Kayin. That's right? so why if you look in the Torah and last week, we didn't get to speak about it. What did the Torah say? Kayin went out to the field to talk to Hevel and he killed him. Doesn't say what he spoke about. Doesn't say what he spoke about. Why? It doesn't matter what he spoke about. Because the root, the seba, why he was there, he was just making small talk. It was all about the kinna that he had, and that led to the murder. That's the first sin the Torah lists off, kinna. Then we have the second sin, next column, v'chet dorhamabal in yano tava. The dorhamabal was about desire. Ki hishchis kolbasar es darko alaretz. What does the Gemara in Sanhedrin say? We're going to see it a little bit later also. What were the main sins that the Dorhamabal committed? Arayos and Gezel. The desire for other people's wives and other people's money. It's all taiva. It all is, is a root desire. Ukmamar Maran, he quotes the, uh, the Beis Yisrael, he quotes the earlier Rebbes. He says that was the, that was the root mida of the Dorhamabal. So you have Kina, you have taiva, and finally you have the, the end of the parish of the Dorhaflaga. Right, they built a big double. They wanted to get up to Hakadosh Baruch They wanted to get up to Shemayim. It's covered. Right, they wanted. To, what do we? God's there. We want to be up to, with God. Kina Taiva Kavod. Literally, Motzian as Haadam in Olam. What happened in all three stories? Kayin. What happened to Kayin? Nova Natiyavaretz. He has to be out of his world. Right. Maybe the Mishnah, the author of that Mishnah, had these three stories in mind. The Dramabel, obviously. No longer in the world, and the Dorafloga, they were scattered. Bavel. Each in each story, they were motzi themselves in Haolam. That's how the Torah starts. Kinna Taivavakavid. That is then a lead in to the story of the Avos. Because after we have the negative, the Kinna and the Taiva and the Kavid, we have the opposite, the tikkun of Avram Yisrak and Yaakov. And that's the rest of Sefer Bracious. Why it's there? What is it doing there after Achorus Zolachem? Derecheres Kadmal Torah. Avram Yitzchak Yaakov. How so? Avram is the Amud Hachesed. Amud Hachesed, giving always everything for others. Avram is Mesakein, the Mida of 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 Kina. Yitzchak Avinu is Avoda. He's the Akeda. He gives of himself. Right. Let's let's uh, let's continue. The I'm sorry. I skipped uh, the Darflaga. Let's read it inside. Line 23. The chait of 
of the Doraf Laga. Shabakam Haya Geus Vakavod. It was it was arrogance and the yearning for covet. Kamashakasaf, Havan Nibna Lanu Ear, let's build a big a big uh, city, Umigdal, Veroshima, Bashamay, Vanasalanu Shame. The Matara was to have covered. The cause of Zosa Torah, Lahoris, and Hechan Magia Gotalabagam. Why does the Torah start off with this? Because the Torah is warning us. The Torah is telling us one has to be careful about these three these three Midos. So what about the Avos? The Avos symbolize the opposite. And this is the paragraph that I had skipped in the first column Torah Avoda and Gemilas Chasadim. Right, the line 12. The Zohar, Shagimal Amude Olam. Elu heim kineged gimel ha'amudim shah olam omed alehem. Avram Avinu, milas chasadim. Right, Yitzchak Avinu, that's avoda. Right, he was ready to sacrifice himself. Tefilas kineged karbanas, the avoda. And Yaakov Avinu is is Torah. Yaakov, right, he learned Torah for for so many years without stopping. Torah avoda gimilas chasadim. And those three are the opposite and the tikkun for kina taiva and. And and kavod. He works out exactly how how he quotes at the uh, the end. Matzko gili haor shalavim avinu ba'olam atikun shehischam yavim esav yakov sheintar avod of gemilas chasadim. The three that are kineged the chatoim of of uh, kina v'tayv v'kavod. So if we look at it in that way, again I'm not going to go through how each one can work it out. Um, that's why the Torah starts off as it is. We can't just say oh so many chatoim so many sins. But many people didn't sin. There was chanoch also. The Torah doesn't doesn't give chanoch so much press. Right, there was Mesushelach. There was many, many uh, tzaddikim. But the Torah starts off with the story of these chataim as a foil, as a leading up to the story of the Avos, of Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov. Sefer Breshis is about Derech Eretz, Kadmalatah. Okay, moving right along. Yeah. I don't understand how Yitzhak and Yaakov are... He works it out. I don't want to go... He works it out. So you could, uh, you could think there are different ideas that you can mention how, how um, right, the chesed is the opposite of kinah. Torah could be the opposite of, you know, Torah is titan emes liyakov. He says Torah is Torah's emes. Emes means you know your exact place. You know exactly what Hashem wants from you. That's what Torah symbolizes. That's how that's the opposite of kavod. And he works out how avod is the opposite of taiva. And there's, uh, I'll, mention it, I'll mention it now. That so you brought it up. I mentioned Derek Agav. I think I mentioned it before in the past. The um, the maharal on Perki Avos. This might help with uh, with your question. The maharal. This doesn't count in my time. I'm allowed to. Uh, uh, the maharal on Perki Avos mentions that uh, it's interesting. It's the beginning of Perki Avos on the Mishnah of Torah Vodeng Milas Chasadim. He says, "Why are there only three Averos we have to give our life for? Only three, right? We know Gili Arayas, Shvichas Damina, and Avodazara. Murder, idolatry, and uh, illicit relations. Why? What about Shabbos? Shabbos is pretty uh, defining to a Jew. Osiliolam. Why only those three? So the Maharal says that those three are the opposite of Torah, Avod, and Gemilas Chasadim. And since those Torah, Avod, Gemilas Chasadim are the pillars of the world, so if I violate, I'm destroying the world anyway. So I have to give my life for them. That's why I have to give those to you. How are those three? This relates to your question. Two of them are somewhat simple, right? Shichas Damim is the opposite of you kill somebody, the opposite of being nice to them. That's Shvichas Damim and Chesed. Avodah Zara is the opposite of Avodah. Right? You serve God and you serve Kaddish Baruch Hu. The one difficult one is Gili Arayas and Torah. Says the Maharal in his commentary on Perki Avos, Torah is the most sublime spiritual activity that we can be involved in in this, in this existence of ours. 
sublime is the Dvar Hashem. We connect. We have Dvekas to Hashem. That's the highest level, the high, the greatest activity we can be involved in, the most spiritual. Gili Arias, that's the most mundane, animalistic activity that we can be involved in. That's why they're opposites of each other. Torah, Avod, and Gemilas Chasadim, and that's Gili Arayas, Shvi Chasadim, and Avodah Zara. So if you want to connect those three to Kinnatayv of a Kavod, I think you can, so that would that will uh, will help. Okay. Okay, now you can start the clock. Uh, says the, um, let's do a learner Rashi. Rashi quotes the Gemara in Sanhedrin, which I alluded to before, Perig Vav, Pasik, Yud Gimel. Fourth Pasik in the, fifth Pasik in the parasha. I'll read you the Rashi. V'yamalakim l'noach, Ketz kol basar balafanai, Kimala haaretz, Hamas mipnehem. Hashem says to Noach, I've had enough. I've had enough. So much Hamas. So much Hamas. Where, where did the, the Arab organization get their name from? Get it from here? Chora, I mean, anybody know the source? Any Arabic? What does Hamas mean in Arabic? Hamas mipnehem. Mashchisa mesaret. Forget it, Hashem says. What was the last straw? What was Hamas? What was the last straw? So Rashi says, Hamas, lo nechtam gzardinam ela al hagezel. Gzela, stealing, that was the final straw. Obvious question that many Mepharshim ask is, that was the final straw. It's pretty bad to steal something, but you don't even have to give your life for it. There's one opinion in Ksubis that you have to, but we don't pass in that way. Right? Only the, it's not even one of the big three. So why was Gezel the final straw? She says, forget it, I've had enough. I have to destroy the world. So two ideas. One idea is from Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. Rabbi Yaakov is bothered by another question. There is this Medrash that Rashi quotes that it's Gezel, but there is another Medrash where he quotes it in the source, line, source three. Kazeb Ezeel Lashon, Kimala Haaretz Hamas, Amrabi Levi. I'm sorry, there weren't enough sheets. If anybody wants paper to take notes on, I know you like to take it to the Shabbos table. There's paper here. Amrabi Levi, Hamas, Ze'avodas Kalchavim. Hamas is Avodazara. There's others also, but he focuses on Avodazara. Kimala Haaretz Hamas. So, answer Yaakov, is there any way to put together these two different Midrashim. See, it's Machlokas in the Midrashim. Is it Gezela or is it Avodah Zara? Okay, Machlokas. But he'd rather not say that. Is there any way to understand these Midrashim in light of each other that they're saying the same thing? Says Rabbi Yaakov in the next column, Vahanira, Shekavanas HaMedrash, He lulamedo Tanu, Gidra Shal Mahi. What is Avodah Zara? It's very hard for us to understand we always explain it, sitting with our children, and who would want to bow down to a tree? Well, kind of, kind of silly. Like they really think this power. You learn this, the Nevi'im, they're worshiping the Bada, worshiping the, the trees. It's like very hard to understand. So we know it's hard to understand. The Gemara tells us that they were mavatel. Chazal killed out the Eight Sahara for Avodah Zarah. And that's why we don't have any. We don't, we don't, it's not logical. It doesn't make any sense to us for Avodah Zarah. So, so is there any? What? How can we understand it today, relating to our lives? So, says Rabbi Yaakov, the Medrash is coming to teach us together of Avodah Really, it's stealing. Really, Gezel is the, was the cause. That, that was it. Ella, but what does it mean, Avodah Chamas. What does it say? The land was filled with Hamas. What does that mean? Klomar? Shachamas na'asev lemishpat ha'aretz. The law became that you could steal. That's what it means. The whole world was full of stealing. It was so full, that became the law. There was no law against stealing. 
Klomar, Shachaman Asa Lamishpat Haaretz, Oz Hareza Avodazara. Once a law of the land goes against what it says in the Torah, that's Avodazara. Vahainu, Shemaretz Kulehechlita, Levatel Echod, Midine HaTorah, the Kiblu Aleim Lisnaiga Pidine Vachukim Chadashim. Once a land decides to adopt a law that is against what it says in the Torah, it doesn't matter what it is, that halachically constitutes Avodazara. Meaning, if you follow the law of the land, which is against the Torah, what are you following? You're following blank law, Roman law, Italian law, American law. If it's against what it says in the Torah, that's by definition. What is Zara? Zara means strange, different. Right? Zara. So that's exactly what Rabbi Yaakov says the Midrashim fit in together. Avodah Zara, Gezel? It's really Gezel. But the Gezel turned into a form of Avodah Zara. That's one idea behind the Medrash, Avodazara and Gaza. But there's another idea that I think I mentioned before in a, uh, in a uh, pre-Ne'ila drasha. I think it was a couple of years ago. And that is Thor Pat Hashem Anatov, Dove Weinberger, Rabbi Dove Weinberger, source number five, where he notes, not only does Gezel come up front and center here by the Mabel, but if you remember a couple of weeks ago, not too far away, on Yom Kippur, by Ne'ila, if we would be writing the Shemona Esrei of Ne'ilah, there'd be a few choice prayers that I think we would all put in there. What, what's using the last few moments of Yom Kippur. And if we look at Ne'ilah, what do we say? Atanotin Yad Poshim goes through, and we ask Hashem, save us, me'oshek yadenu. Save us from violating Oshek. Oshek means having somebody else's money when you're not supposed to have it. Literally, not paying a worker on time. That's what we died for in Eilah. Hashem, save us from the Oshek. Again, Gezel, stealing. How many, how many of us steal? Okay, maybe we didn't pay on time. We took the change by mistake. We weren't supposed to. We got too much change. We okay, but how many of us don't... Are, stealing? Ne'ilah, the, the Mabul. So, said the Shem and Atov, according to the Chedushi Arim. It's the third line. Pirish Harim, Gerarebi. De Be'emes, Kol Chetu Be'emes Gezel. Really, every sin that we do is a form of stealing. Whenever we sin, we are using the talents and the abilities that Hashem gave us for naught. Hashem gave us kochos to do something, to do A, and we're doing B. That's stealing. We have a job to do. We have an avoda to do and we are not performing what we're supposed to do, that's Gezel Mamish. And it says in, in Tefillah Zaka that we say before Kol Nidre, Hashem, you gave us hands and we did this with this. You gave us feet to do this and we did this with this. Every part of the body we go through in Tefillah Zaka. Hashem, that's stealing. If I'm a worker and I don't do what I'm supposed to, I don't do the job, I do something else, I'm stealing the time. That's Gezel. Well, Gezel, they were totally misusing their potential Hashem says, forget it. That's what Gezel means. And that's what we say by Ne'ilah. Hashem, you have to save us. Not only that, we'll come back to six in a second. Go to look at number seven. Continuing our Shemona Esrei of Ne'ilah. Of not only of Ne'ilah, of all Yom Kippur. We say at the end of Shemona Esrei, Elokai, every Shemona Esrei on Yom Kippur, Ad Shalono Tzarti Eni Chedai. Before I was created, we say, Hashem, Eino Kedai. I wasn't, I wasn't Ra'oi. Before I was created, I was nothing. I wasn't born yet. And now that I'm here, 
You know, it's as if I haven't full, haven't, uh, haven't accomplished anything. Right? So you have cook in his sitter. Olat raya. Source number seven. Lifnei Otsarti, what does it mean? Before I was created. Kol oso hazman ha-bilti mugbal shemei olam atshen In the history of the world, before I was born. Vade lo ba-olam I didn't have a purpose. In the history of the world, I wasn't supposed to be born in the generation of the Rambam. Or Rabbi Akiva. Or Avram Avinu. I didn't have a tachlis then. I didn't have a job, a potential to fulfill before the year that I was born. That's what we say on Yom Kippur. If I really had a purpose a thousand years ago, I would have been born then. If I wasn't born then, that's a raya that Hashem didn't want me to be born then. None of us had a job to do in the 1800s. No, we didn't have, we didn't have a job to fulfill. Oh, why couldn't I be born at Sam Sofer? No, we didn't have a job to fulfill. That's what it means. But now we add, But now that I was created, and we each have a purpose, and have a tachlis, the ilu, in the middle of line six, if I would just put my mind to the tachlis of why I was created, hitting the yachshav of Kedai, I would be Kedai now. The problem is, we see on Yom Kippur, it's as if I wasn't created. Why? Because I have not fulfilled my potential. Each of us have a potential to fulfill. And it's our job to figure out what it is and to run with it and to go with it. Because if not, we're violating Gezo. If we don't use the special, unique kochos that Hashem gave each and every one of us in chesed, in Torah, in, in avod, in anything, that's an aspect, says the Chedushi Arim of Gezo. Just another illustrative medrash that relates to this. It's related in, in Malachim. The Yalka quotes it in Malachim, back in source number six. Story of Navos. Remember Navos? Navos had a vineyard. Navos had a vineyard which was wanted by the king. Says the Gemara, says the Medrash. Ksiv, kabedet Hashem mehoncha, mimashachanancha. The Pasuk says, you have to honor Hashem from your treasures, from your home, from your assets. She'im haya, let's skip this for a second. Go to the fourth line. Right, the question the Medrash is bothered by is that Nabos, if you remember the story, suffered a tragic end. A tragic end. He was killed by Achav, by the king, because the king wanted his vineyard, and he said, no, this belongs to my family. And he said, okay, fine. But his wife said, come on, you're the king. You can do whatever you want. Right? And his wife was punished, and he was punished. Everybody was punished. But Navos, what did Navos do wrong? So the Medrash fills us in. Navos haya kolo Navos had a beautiful voice. V'haya ola Yerushalayim. And he went up to Yerushalayim every year. V'haya kol Yisrael miskansin l'shmoa es kolo. The entire Jewish people look forward to Novus' davening in the Beit HaMikdash. Uh, everybody went. Imagine, Alila Regel. Who gets to be the Chazan? It's going to be hard. Some of us like Chazanus. Some of us like Yeshiva. Some of us like... Who's going to be the Chazan? I don't know. Kaddish Baruch will decide. All right, we'll, we'll ask the Umar Batumim. So Novus had a beautiful voice and everybody went to listen to him. Pamachas lo Allah. One year... I'm, t- I'm not going this year. I'm tired. I'm going to schlep there. I'm not going to go this year. Hashem says, Novus, I gave you a purpose in life. You're not using your purpose? Forget about it. Right? The Aliyah He didn't use the talent that Akadosh Baruch Hu gave him. Akadosh Baruch Hu says, 
You don't have a purpose in life anymore. Rachman Very scary medrash. But either way, it's our job to make sure that we try to figure out our purpose, figure out our tachlis, and as the Chlishi Arim says, to make sure that we're not violating Gezel, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu could get nachas from us, because he could see, ah, oh, Baruch Hashem, these people are Kedai. These people are, are doing what they were created for. Okay. Following thoughts, it's an idea I heard, I don't know if it was, uh, he was quoting anyone, I looked at my, in my notes, it was from uh, 17 years ago, I had a thought I heard I was in Great Neck for Shabbos. So Rabbi Polakov quoted the following idea. Um, I don't remember if he quoted someone, but it's a ha'ara. It's a ha'ara. If you look at a couple, we're looking at a couple of psukim, just doing the math. Paragzayin pasuk vav. How old was Noah when the marble started? The end of last week's parsha. Six hundred. Six hundred years old. Paragzayin pasuk vav. How long was the marble for? Marble was. Right, so read the psukim. Right, it says the Pasuk Yedalef, Bishnah Sheish Meos Shana L'chai Noach, in Noach 600 years old, in the 600th year, B'chodesh Hasheni, B'shiva Asar Yom L'chodesh, on the 17th day of the second month, assuming that, Ramachlokes, what the second month was, well, let's assume it's Cheshvan for now, because it's always nice that Noach falls out in Cheshvan. Right, so let's say it's the 17th of Cheshvan, B'yom Hazeh, Nivko Komais Tom Rabbah, the marble started. 17th day of the second month. When did the marble end? Perichas Pasuk Dalid, in the seventh month, on the seventeenth day, the seventeenth day of the of the month. What does that mean? So, if you look at Rashi and the Farshim, say really it was it was a year. It was a year minus eleven days. Right? It started on the on the twenty seventh, and it went to the seventeenth in the following year. Here it's a seventh, but it really depending on when you're counting from. But either way, it was a year. That's what all the Mepharshim agreed to. The marble was for a year. What about the 11 days in between? Why was, was it off by 11 days? So Rashi says, in Peraches Pasag Yudalid, B'Shiba V'Esrim, Pasag Yudalid, right, you see here in Peraches Yudalid, it says the second month, it ended. U'Bachodesh HaSheni, B'Shiba V'Esrim, Yom Ha'chodesh, Yav Shaharetz. So it started in the second month and it ended in the second month. Rashi says, but it started on the 17th and ended on the 27th. Rashi says, the 11th mo- days, you have to make up for the solar lunar difference. Yud Aleph Yamim Shehachama Yesera Alhalavana, right, the solar year, 365 days, that's 11 days longer than the lunar year, 354 days. Shemishpa Shana Timi Mahaya. Because the Mabel, the punishment of the, ma- the Dara Mabel was for a year. So it's really a year, so we go by, even though we go by a lunar month's calendar, we go by a solar year calendar. Go by solar year, that's why we have to, next, next year, Tavshin Ayin Aleph, we're going to be adding in another Adar, just to make sure that everything stays, stays put with the solar and the lunar. But either way, what do we see from here? The Mabu was for a year. So, one second. Noach was 600 when it started, and the Mabu was for a year. Let's continue reading. How long did Noach live after the Mabu? How long did he live after the Mabu? Go to, let's go towards the end of the Parsha. How long did he live? The Ela told us, Noach, and Tes Chavches. Vayichi Noach Echor Amabel, Shlosh Meos Shana Vachamishim Shana. 350 years he lived after the Mabel. He was 600 when it started. The Mabel was for a year. He lived for 350 years after the Mabel. What's his total lifespan? 9, 50, 1. Vayichi Kol Yimei Noach, Tashami Yoshana Vachamishim Shana. Vayamos. 9.50. Missing a year. Missing a year. Round it down. Okay, it's one answer. We all, everybody lived, you know, on the O's, right? On the zeros. Right? Every, it's amazing. 
Okay, so maybe it was rounding. Maybe it was rounding. This one, maybe answer. Rabbi Palakov suggested, again, I think he was quoting someone, I'm not sure. But either way, he suggested the following idea. And that is, part of the punishment of the Dar HaMabal wasn't just that they were destroyed and killed, but their memory was entirely blotted out. How do we remember somebody in Yadus? Yard site. Remember when they died. We don't celebrate birthdays. We celebrate yard sites. Right? Not, not Washington's birthday? No. Moshe's yard site. Lahavdil. Right? Yard site. So Moshe Rabbeinu happened to have both. Okay. He's the only one. But see, the year that they were destroyed did not exist in history. That's the message. It was a year, but it didn't exist. Mishpat Daramabal, Shana Tamima, that year was wiped out. There, but it says Shemrisham Yirkov. The Mishnah Yuma quotes for the opposite of Zechar Sadak Levracha. We don't want to remember them. Nothing. It's totally wiped out. Right? What did the Pesukim describe? How the, the the sun and the moon nothing worked. Nothing worked during the year of the Mabel. Right after the Hashem says Yomalayloyishposu, nothing's going to stop again. But during the during the, that year, it was it was it was total hefker. It was bilbul. But that year is wiped off of the history books. That's the message. It was 600 and 350, 950. That was part of their punishment. It wasn't just that they were destroyed, but the year of their remembrance was wiped out. Maybe this is also the pshat, again, I have the work on each one of them, but in source number eight, Rashi is really quoting a Mishnah in Idios. There are five things that were for a year. Mishpat Dar HaMabal, Shnei Masachodesh. The Dar HaMabal was for a year. Mishpat Eov, Shnei Masachodesh. Eov's punishments lasted for a year. Homachlokas, whether Eov even existed or not. Or whether it was a story that was that was made up uh, by the Nevi'im. Mishpat HaMitzriyim, Shnei Masachodesh. The punishment of the Egyptians was for a year. Mishpat Gogu Mago, Lasa Lava, Shnei Masachodesh. All the punishments were for a year. So it could be that it's not just... Because these are special. What does it mean, A year? Why was it a year? Why not a half a year? Why a year? Because a year you can wipe out of history. You can't wipe out half a year. Wipe out an entire year. It's a unit. It's off the calendar. 950. That was part of their punishment. That's the message. Continuing. Okay, we'll get to a couple of more Musr thoughts in a minute, but also the following idea. I've asked a number of people about the message of the following idea. I'll put it out there. And um, hopefully we'll be able to come up with something. Okay, it's more of the a fascinating comments more than figuring out exactly to the depths of what the pshat is. But let's see what we're talking about. Rashi quotes. Also, start off with Rashi. Perik Zion pasuk Dalit. Hashem says to Noach, "Get all ready, get all set. I bring in the marble. Fine. He builds a teva, and then he says, Perik Zion pasuk Dalit." In another week, I'm bringing the Mabel. Another week? It's already been more than 100 years. Hashem says, I'm bringing a Mabel. And then he says, okay, yeah, one more week. You know, another week. Just bring the Mabel already. Oh, another seven days. Another seven days to do tshuva. So what are these seven days? So what does Rashi quote? Rashi quotes that, Elu shivas yimei evlo shel Mishu Shalach, the man who lived the longest, had just died. And they had to say Shiva for him. He didn't want the Shiva of Mishu Shalach to be curtailed, to be shortened, so he waited. That's the seven days. And he says you work out the years of Mishu Shalach, it works out. The seven days. 
But there is another opinion of what these seven days were. It's a Yerushalmi. A Yerushalmi in source number nine. I asked Rabbi Blachman, he was in Yeshiva today, about this Yerushalmi. He says, I don't know, don't ask me about it. He obviously knew it and he had ideas, but he didn't want to give me any of the answers. But he felt that it's, uh, it's more of a Tzarech in Yerushalmi, but let's read it together. Source number nine. What's the source of Avelos? What's the source of Avelos? Three Mekoros given in the Yerushalmi, even though there's a major machlokas, halachically, whether Avelos is Minatorah or Midirabanan, the Torah Tamima already says in number 10, even if you say, you don't have to take this Yerushalmi so literally, it doesn't mean Minatorah, Midaraisa. It could be what's the hint in the Torah for Avelos. But yeah, how do you know Shiva? How do you know seven days? So the first passage quoted is by Yaakov Avinu, right? The brothers. The brothers sat Shiva for seven days. Fine. And then the Gemara is the Yerushalmi says, Hey, can we learn Allah from before Matan Torah? That was the Yaakov Avinu. Can't learn anything from before Matan Torah. Okay. That's the first opinion. Rabbi Yaakov Baracha B'Shem Rabbi Zeira Shamalam in Hada. He learned it from the following pasuk. Upesach alamoi teishvu yomim balayla shivas yamim. The Leviim, the Kohanim, the Kohanim, when the Mishkan was built, they weren't allowed to leave the Mishkan for seven days. Ushmartem es mishmeres mishkan Hashem, and you shall guard the Mishkan. You should do shmira. So how do you know shmira is for seven days? Kishem Shashimer Hakadish Baruchu Al Olamo Shiva, just like Hashem sat Shiva for the world for seven days, Kach Atem Shimru Alachechem Shiva. So too, you sit Shiva for your brothers, right? Not even a view for seven days. Vayhil Shiv Minayin Shashimer Hakadish Baruchu Olamo Shiva. How do you know Hashem sat Shiva for the world? Vayhil Shavas Hayamim Umeham Abul Hayu Alaretz. What were these seven days? Not Mushushalach. Hashem sat Shiva for the world that he was about to destroy. Says the Gemara, Umis Abum Kodem Shayamas Ames? One minute. Shiva's after the event. Not before the event. He's sitting Shiva for before the marble happened. Says the Gemara, Yeah, no problem. A person who doesn't know the future. A person can't sit Shiva beforehand because he doesn't know what's going to be. Right? We keep davening and davening and davening. Hopefully it won't happen. We don't know. We don't know the future. So we can't sit Shiva beforehand. He knew what was going to happen. He sat Shiva beforehand. That's the Yerushalmi. What were those seven days? Hashem sat Shiva for the world. Tosvos in Moed Katan even quotes this as a source in Source 11. Remember a story in in Shmuel where David HaMelech, he had a little baby. Remember the story? He sat, he was on the floor when his little baby was very sick. For seven days, his baby died, he got up and he washed himself. Where did David get that from, says Tosvos? He got it from right here. Because David HaMelech was told by a Navi his son was going to die. So he knew it! He knew it! It's like Kodesh Baruch who knew it. This is a second source. What does it mean? It sounds like Me'ikar Adin, really, Shiva should be once you know the event, not a reaction specifically to the event. So it gives us an insight about what Shiva is supposed to be about. Either way, this is a, a different idea of what the, the seven days were. 
it's just to give you one source related to it. Again, we could have a whole shear probably on this Yerushalmi, but just to give you one source related to the Yerushalmi, that's from a sefer we never quoted before yet, Hadrash Vaha'iyun. Rab Aaron Levine. Some of you, uh, those uh, YU listeners or anybody who's been to YU, you know Dr. Aaron Levine. He's a rub in uh, Brooklyn. Also, he's a, he's a uh, economics professor in YU. So his grandfather with the same name, Aaron Levine. So he wrote this sefer, Hadrash Vaha'iyun. So the Ebi quotes this Tosfus, and he has two problems. Tosfus says that a Kaddish Baruch who's sitting shiva for the world is a basis for David HaMelech's actions, and for our actions even. If we would know, if we would know, be able to uh, to, to shift shiva before. Said the Rashi, Ian, I have two problems. With that anybody here have any problems with that? Comparing, comparing a Kaddish Baruch Hu to a person. Anybody have any any uh, problems? He has two problems. Not only pessimistic, even more than that. What is supposed to be our attitude before an event occurs? Hopeful, you're right, but even more than what you said. Let's keep going. Oh, look at this line number four in source 12. And who cares if the Navi tells you something? We know a Rambam. What does the Rambam say? How do we know if there's a, a, a true prophet or a false prophet? How do we know? Says the Rambam. If a prophet says something's going to occur in the future, is he telling the truth or not? What if it doesn't happen? Ah, oh, says the Rambam, if it's something good that's supposed to happen and it doesn't happen, then he's a false prophet. If it's something bad and it didn't happen, he's not a false prophet. Because maybe Hashem had Rahmanus. Maybe they did Shuva. If it's something bad, even if a Navi tells you, it could change. So what's Tosus talking about? Asked the Joshua Ian. in of Odos That can't be the shot of what David Amalek did. The Nevuah an evil nevuah that could change. Like the Rambam writes, because you saw the Torah. Right, if a Navi says something terrible is going to happen, if a Navi says that it's going to be a terrible plague tomorrow and it doesn't happen, he's not proven to be false. We don't say, And where else do you see this? I think I mentioned last year in one of the Shira, the Gemara in, in Sefer's Brachas Dafyud. He quotes it. What does it say there? Remember, Chizkiyo was on his deathbed. And Yishayo comes to visit him. And Yishayo says, Chizkiyo, sorry. Chizkiyo says, what did I do wrong? Yishayo says, you didn't get married. You didn't have kids. So Chizkiyo says, but I saw I was going to have a terrible son who was going to put up Vodazar in the base of Migdash. Yishayo says, that's not your problem. You do the mitzvah. You do the mitzvah. So Chizkiyo says, okay, fine. Give me your daughter. Give me your daughter. Maybe the schus of both of us will help. Yishayo says, no, 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 there's already been a gzera. It's too late. And what does Chizkiyo scream at him? Afilu cherev chada munachas al tzavaru shaladam al yimnaatz mo Even if the sword is on your neck, don't stop davening. You don't tell me, Yishayo anavi, not to stop hoping. Right? So that's what, and, and we know, there were 11 years, he added on to his life. So he said the Joshua Ian, even if a navi tells you, is it Shiva already? Like you said, chas v'shalom. We always are hopeful. We always, we always daven finisim. That's one problem he has. And he quotes that in the, uh, in the continuation. We never stop being hopeful. But then he quotes another, a second shot. Second problem with his, with his, with Tosfus. Let's go to the next page. Line 20. He quotes related to to what um, a famous question he quotes. See line 20. 
Not sure who that is. He quotes the Kushiyam Mufresemesh, Amdubak Dolim, Chikri Lev, the problem with God's knowledge and our free will. Again, a topic of a few shiurim, not just one shiur. Right, but related to that, he says, obviously, one has to say, what's the answer to that question? That how could God know and we still have free will? The answer is, God is out of time. It's not that God knows before we do it. God is not on the timeline. I once heard a, somebody gave me a muscle, which uh, once I heard the muscle, it like clicked. Clicked and it, like, it's more understandable. I said this to my Talmud and they liked it. I'll repeat it. He says, imagine um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a sports game going on. There's a basketball game going on. So you didn't get to watch this. So you tape it. You, you watch it the next day. So I'm watching the game that took place yesterday. Does the guy shooting have free will to make the shot or not? Does he have free will? 100%. I'm not telling him to make the shot or not. I know if he's going to make the shot. I know that this pitch is going to be a home run. I know it. This guy I'm watching has free will to hit the home run or not or to strike out. He has free will. I know what he's going to do because I am outside of time. I am outside the timeline from, from, the, from the game that I'm watching. Lahavdil, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is outside of time. We can't even ask the question of how does Hashem know beforehand he knows what we're going to do. How do we have free will? No, we just can't understand it. That God is outside of time. But whatever that means, he's watching us from the outside, but we have free will to do whatever we want. So says the Joshua Ha'iyun, there is no before and after when it comes to God. So how could the Yerushalmi even say, Hashem is Satchiva beforehand because he knew, but the but we can't, so we say Shiva afterwards. And David Amalek learned from, learned from Hashem. How could that be? David learned from Hashem? Hashem is outside of time. You can't take that Yushami so literally that it was beforehand. It means he was, it was he felt bad, Kavayachol, that he was destroying the world. That's also a second problem with that Tosa saying that the basis of David Amalek's behavior is the is the uh, is the Yushami from Hakadosh Baruch Hu's behavior. Either way, those are two problems with it. But it's an interesting note, something to bring up at the Shabbos table. What are the seven days before the before the Mabel, either Musushalach or Hakadosh Baruch Hu? sitting Shiva for the world. Okay, let's move on to no more Mabel, hate focus, but after the Mabel. After the Mabel, we know it comes out, Kodesh Baruch who says, Noach, I promise I'll never do it again. And he shows Noach the Keshet. He shows Noach the rainbow. Again, much has, has been written. Why the rainbow? Why Dafka that sign? And something that we're not going to talk about, you can look at the Mepharshim on Pirkei Avos about this, the Keshet was one of the special brios, the Mishnah Perkei says. Special brios during Maisabratius, at the end of, uh, during Ben Hashmashis. So the question is, if it was already created Ben Hashmashis, was it new now? That a Kaddish Baruch who just showed Noach a Keshet now? Has there ever been a Keshet before in, in history? So that's a big discussion in the Rishonim. Was it there, but now it's being used as a sign? So the Mepharshim on, on Perkei Avos talk about that. But why, why a rainbow? Why a rainbow? Two ideas. One is the Ramban. Rabban in source 14. Rabban says, Mimashma min ha-osazeh It sounds like, says the Ramban, what I just spoke about, that there was no keshes beforehand. Even though it's a natural phenomenon, it sounds like from the psukim that there was no such thing as a keshes. Hashem Now it was cloudy and Hashem created it. Okay, that's what it sounds like. He doesn't, Get into the whole discussion. How does that work with uh, Mishnah Perkei Avos? The Amru Betama Osazeh, right? What, why the Keshes? Ki Hakeshes Lo Asao Sheyu Raglov Lamala 
Says the Ramban. Imagery. How they fight in the olden days? They have guns. They have bows and arrows. So imagine if I'm shooting a bow, the bow is arched and I'm on, let's say there's a semicircle and I'm on the inside of the circle. And you see it's facing. It's facing out. That's how when there's an archer shooting, the bow is facing out and the string is pulled into the person shooting. A rainbow? Picture a rainbow. And what happened? i say this beforehand. And let's say somebody wants to make peace. I'm finished. I'm finished. I give up. I give up. I'm not going to fight again. What do they do? They turn around their bow. You turn around the bow, that's a symbol of peace. Symbol of let's not fight anymore. Says the Ramban. The mobble was shooting down from Shemayim. You know what HaKadosh Baruch Hu said? He gave a rain, we even call it a bow, a rainbow facing the opposite way. It's like a bow. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Kaviyachal saying, turning around his bow and saying it's finished. It's over, no more. line five. Hashem went the opposite of a shooter. Laharos to show us. Shalom Yorubim and Hashemayim. No more from heaven. So to all warriors, turn around their arms. When they were calling in peace, they turn around their, their bows. And he talks about uh, something else as well. That's one idea why the Kesha is, it's like a turned around bow. And then a second idea. Second idea, which is not a, a source, but you can write it down in that, in that space that I gave you. thought I mentioned it in Adrasha. I think I mentioned it last year in Adrasha, but it's worth repeating. Thought from Rav Meir Shapiro. Meir Shapiro, yes, another kasha. He says, he says, you think about it, it's amazing. Noah gave Adrasha for a hundred years, more than a hundred years. Hashem is bringing a mabul, you got to do tshuva, it's terrible what you're doing. So many years, not one person was makuruf. He didn't inspire one person. Now, come on. Even like the, 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 even if he's not such a good darshan, one person he didn't connect to? How is that possible? This explains the Ramir Shapiro. You know what it must be? Mm-hmm. It must be that Noah's heart really wasn't in it. It must be that deep down, Noah thought that his generation was unredeemable. They're too far gone. They can't. We didn't even get into the discussion tonight of Noah versus Avraham. There's a lot of Midrashim and discussion about that. Not for tonight. But Ramir Shabir says, Noah, he basically gave up. And if I'm not convinced of something, there's no way I can convince anybody else of it. Deep down, it must be that Noah felt it was they were too far gone. They couldn't do it. They were too distant. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, he takes a rainbow. Noah, out of the darkest, dreariest day could come the most beautiful array of colors. The most beautiful feet in nature. All these beautiful colors. When does it come? It doesn't come on a sunny day. It comes when there's clouds and rain and mist. Noah, you think they're so dark, they're so cloudy, they're dreary? Don't give up on my children. That's why the Keshes. And that's why Dafka, Noah, that was the lesson HaKadosh Baruch Hu was giving him. It's all in the attitude. You've got to be positive. You've got to hope and not give up. Finally, one last point. And that is a thought from Rav Saratskin. There's Naim Rashi quotes in the end of the parsha, the story after 
Noah came out of the teva and he drank from the wine. Shame, Cham, and Yafes. So we know that shame was the tzaddik. Let's read the pasuk where Chazal are medayik this from. Pasuk Chav Gimel, Perek Tes Pasuk Chav Gimel. Vayikach Shem beYafes as a We know that Shem and Yafes walked backwards with the garments, so they shouldn't see their father's nakedness. And Cham uh, looked, and therefore he was punished. But the pasuk says Vayikach Shem beYafes, not Vayikhu. And they took. It says and he took Vayikach Shem beYafes. So the obvious question, why does it say Vayikach if both of them took? So Rashi quotes, Shame was really the instigator. Shame was the man, and Yefes followed along. Not for tonight, but Rav Salvechik has an idea about what the difference was between Shame and Yefes, but we're going to go with Rav tonight. What was the difference between Shame and Yefes? And if you look in Rashi also, they each got rewards for their actions. Vayikach Shame Vayefes, Rashi says, Ainksiv kan Vayikhu elo Vayikach. Shame got into the mitzvah more than Yefes. Therefore, his children got the mitzvah of tzitzis. Shame got tzitzis. Right? Jews. Right? The Yefes, Zachu Banov Likvura, Shinemar, Etain Lagog, Makom Sham Kever. Right? The descendants of Yefes, what is one of the Gogu Magog, they'll, they'll get buried. They'll get buried. But shame, the Jewish people came from shame, they got tzitzis. How were the rewards commensurate with the actions that they that they did? One got tzitzes, one got kfura. Says of Saratskin, source 15. Shezemida keneged mida. Shame sha'asa as ha-mitzvah b'chiyus u'b'hislavus. You know what Shane did? What do you mean he was the instigator? He had a fire in him. He had. He was alive. Shame's like, let's do it, let's go! Let's do this mitzvah. Keep it up, aim. Let's go for it. He had a, he was alive. He had a chiyas in him. So he got a mitzvah that you do when you're alive. He got tzitzis. You walk into a cemetery, you put in your tzitzis. Yefes. Yefes got your okay. He wasn't alive at all in the mitzvah. He went along. Went along for, he didn't, he didn't want to go with Cham this time. He went with Yefes. He went with shame. Shirak nigra achar sham b'kshem b'kiyam a mitzvah va'asa k'mitzvah z'anashim ulumada. He just did it by rote, but he was like, it wasn't he was like a robot? V'lo b'chiyusu b'slavus ba'osa mida madzolo scharo. That's why. What was his mitzvah? What was his schar? His schar was kfura. You did the mitzvah as if you were dead, right? You didn't have any life in you when you do the mitzvah. So I'll give you schar. Mida k'negen mida. And then he even adds, He says, Shame was in the stars of mitzvah. He acted with alacrity. He jumped up and did it. So his schar was olam hazeh. His schar was now. His schar was in this world. The Jews got the mitzvah. They didn't have to wait for it. Yefes. He was in Israel. He was lazy. He delayed. Okay, you'll get your schar in Achor Sayyam. Right, you'll get it, Gogol Magog. He's still waiting for it. He's still waiting for his schar thousands of years later. It's not just about doing the mitzvah. It's about doing the mitzvah with chiyus. It's about doing things we're alive. We've got to be alive when we do the mitzvah. You can't just go through it. We've got to have a jump in our step. We're in Ebed Hashem. We have a potential to fulfill, as we said before. We have to be alive. We're just learning with my daughter last night. The Sefer HaChinuch came across a mitzvah that relates to this. The mitzvah of not... The mitzvah in, in Parshas Vayikra. That's why it's not on the sheets. You know, it was recent. Kufiyot Zayin. The mitzvah Kufiyot Zayin. Shalolahakriv Sa'ar Odvash. There's an iser to use yeast in any carbon. 
Carbon Mincha is made out of flour. You cannot have yeast in there. Soor. Why not? So the Sefer HaChinuch says, I really don't know the reason for this mitzvah. But you know what? I have to give something or else people are going to think it's ridiculous. So therefore, I'm going to think of a reason for this mitzvah also. Why can't you have yeast on the, miz- on the Mizbeach? Says the Sefer HaChinuch, yeast is very slow. It causes something to rise slowly. you got to go put the yeast in and then go to something else for an hour and then come back and let it rise. It's atzlus. It symbolizes doing something slowly and not, without zrizus. You don't want that on the Mizbeach. That's not how you do Avodah HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's no sa'ar on the Mizbeach. That's what we learned from shame. Shame. we got to be alive. We want tzitzis. We don't want kvura. We want tzitzis. we got to have chiyas. The first tour in Arachayim. Halavai, we should all wake up like this. The first tour in Arachayim. We gotta run, we gotta jump. Right, he quotes the Mishnah in Perkyavos, we gotta be like a leopard, like a lion running, and strong like a lion. Right, that's what it says on the last line. We gotta jump. You know, sometimes when we're, uh, quotes, like uh, the Mishnah Baruch quotes it, it's from the tour. You know, in the summer and the winter, we always have an excuse. It's so cold, halavai, right? Can't get out, can't get out of bed. It's freezing in the summer. Oh, we went to sleep so late. It didn't get dark till so late. We're tired. We didn't sleep enough. Every season, the Sahara says he's the best. He's the best. All the, he has all the uh, all the excuses, no matter what. We got to have chiyus. We have to do not just do the mitzvahs, but it's all about how the mitzvahs are done. Kain and Hevel both brought a carbon, but the how was all in the difference. Right? We have to do the mitzvahs, but we got to follow. We are B'nai Shem. We have his midah in our DNA. We follow him. We have to make sure that Zrizus, we're not like the Sa'ar. It'll eventually get done. Right? Somebody asks us for a project. Yeah, it'll get there. Again, no, no, no. Bizrizus. Hashem, we should act Bizrizus, and hopefully the Yefes reward will also come soon. Not the actual Gogol Magog, but Hashem, the Yamim La'asilah.